Hello and welcome to another episode of The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and I'm sitting in the lounge area, the gig venue in Collins Bar up on Douglas Street in Cork City, joined by, as always by Ashling and Keelan. Hey. And Brian Hassett. Hello. The booker of Collins. Yes, yeah. Big weekend for you this weekend? Yeah, we've kind of started already. We have a festival every September. I think it's the fourth year. Um, we kind of actually kicked it off on Tuesday this year. Every year, there's more days added to it, and it runs right through till Monday. So it should be a bit of fun, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Is it a lot of work, just like trying to get a festival together? I mean, like, um, you've been booking gigs here for a couple of years. Yeah, it, it, trying to get everybody together in the same place at the same time is a bit of work. But then once they're all here, all the acts we kind of deal with, they're, they're no work, really. They're all kind of pretty self-contained and grand luck. Yeah. So it just turns into kind of a, a music party then, I guess. You know? <laughs> so all the, all the work is done at this stage. Yeah. So we just want to make sure everybody's having a good time. We're pretty sorted. And like the the venue opened like as kind of what it is now in like 2012, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and like straight away were you like, oh, we want to do a music festival? I suppose... <sighs> There was a, the other girl who books me here, Adele, she got involved in working in the bar. Um, and there was this kind of lounge area. And there was a, a bit of a drunken conversation where it was like, if you knock the bar back and make the room a bit bigger, and put on some shows. And they actually went ahead and did it. So then we had to follow <laughs> up and put on some shows. So it kind of made sense that we said we'd start off with just getting a bunch of acts together and try and you know, kick it off a bit of a bang. Um, and then people just started people started coming and more acts started getting in touch but wanting to play shows and it just kind of snowballed from there I suppose yeah we never really planned it you know yeah and I mean like this year it, it seems like you know it's kind of a lot of friends and stuff like you play in McFlannery's band yeah you said yeah I did for about five years yeah I finished now since here's gotten busier and I play in the rats as well so yeah I mean this year I suppose the lineup they're all friends really um it's kind of a we used to use the festival, I suppose, to try and get in acts that we mightn't be able to get the rest of the year. Because you could kind of, there was more money to, to book them kind of thing, you know. And you could kind of take a risk with a couple of different things. But this year it's more of a celebration of, like, acts who've been through here. And acts that have actually become friends as well. And, I mean, they're all acts that I, I listen to regularly. And they're all acts that can sell out much bigger venues than here. So it's just a case of trying to get them all together at the same time and have a bit of a shindig. Yeah, like, I mean, a, a lot of them have, prob- have played here before. So, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. um, ho- like, it doesn't take much selling, I guess, on your point, does it? Like, you know, just come to Collins, it's a really to the bands, special to venue. The bands, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not really. Not, not to anyone this year, because they've all been here and they, they've all hung out here. Some of them, when they come play here, stay for a few days as well. So uh, they're all pretty happy to come back, I think, you know, yeah. I hope, yeah. And every one of them, their shows always sell out anyway, so everyone's pretty happy to see them here as well, because it's... It's kind of small and intimate and a lot of those acts they mightn't get to see that up close kind of normally let's say you know so they uh it's kind of more of an experience for people to see it really direct i guess yeah that's the kind of magic of this room anyway is that like you know you're kind of in it, it's i wouldn't say tiny but it's a small intimate space which is the term intimate <laughs> <laughs> intimate um space where you get to see these kind of um, big Irish acts and international acts as well, kind of up close. And that's a really special thing for people that you lose with kind of bigger shows, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no barriers, obviously. 
um, there's no backstage dressing room. The the people once they're playing are, are part of the crowd. It's kind of a it's a very shared experience, you know. Um, like I know from touring before that when you play smaller venues, it can actually be more unnerving because people are right in front of you and you know everything is kind of under scrutiny more so. Rather than if you're detached from a crowd, all the crowd kind of become a large mass of people, you know. Um, so it becomes very intimate and it often makes the gigs kind of more unique, let's say, because people respond more, the artist responds to the crowd, the crowd responds to the artist, and that keeps kind of going vice versa. And it can, can give you a pretty special experience sometimes, which doesn't usually happen if the band are touring constantly and they play the same set every night. You know, it's just a little bit different. I know that, um, like, the set, what is the capacity of this room? 60 seated or 80 standing. Okay. It's it's kind of interesting. I wonder what you think about the size of rooms uh, kind of in small venues. I know that I had I talked to you about this months ago. You were making a, a documentary about small venues in Ireland, and there's tons of them, uh, really interesting ones. And on the back of Sounds from a Safe Harbour that happened this weekend, there was a lot of really intimate shows in warehouses that only hold like 30 people and stuff like that. Do you think that, that that's really important and that it seems to me to be a more of a selling point now, smaller intimate gigs, especially on the, on the back of like super pubs and yeah. this kind of thing that we've had in Ireland for the last couple of years. I think the environment can affect a gig, but it does like no matter no matter what, it affects how loud you play, it affects what songs you play. Um, so it becomes much more of a melting pot in a smaller area, smaller space. And like for some of, let's say an act like, let's say Mick or whatever, who sells like the opera house and stuff, people when they're coming into it in a small space are very excited as well mm. so they're bringing this energy to the show already you know so it just makes it very special in a way mm-hmm. which you don't get I mean there's, there's loads of big rooms that I love Vicar Street's probably my favourite venue but again you're, you're you're slightly detached from the crowd so you don't get that in a bigger venue you know and I think it's nice for acts when they are selling bigger spaces like we used to do it again when we were touring where you'd go and play small places purposefully just because it kind of keeps you on your toes as well kind of reminds you whether or not you're actually any good, like, mm-hmm. kind of yeah, have to you prove yourself a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to be very good to play in a small room and you're right up in people's faces because yeah. they're watching everything you're doing. Yeah. But there's no bells or whistles, you're, you're not yeah. going to impress them with a light show or, you know, there's no production values. A 3D such, you know? visual yeah. in your face thing. Craftwork playing in Collins. <laughs> yeah, craftwork for Collins. Yeah. Has- hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that I'd love the s- to see that actually. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Is that the same like when you kind of go off the traditional kind of gig touring route in Ireland, like uh, you know, Cork, Dublin, Galway, Belfast? I mean, once you veer off that, are you kind of like, well, this could be really special? Like, There's what loads doing? more venues in Ireland um, off the beaten track, let's say, you know. And bands don't go there as often, so... Because, because they're f- like... They don't know what the reaction is or just because like other bands don't usually go there, so why should we go there sort of thing? Um really know what it is i suppose there's maybe less music press there if you're an international band you probably wouldn't hear of these places anyway you know if you're just yeah. coming around to do the circuit but as an irish band there's loads of great spots like you know i mean uh, let's say mccarthy's and dingles actually just shut down but i used to love going there we used to go there play a couple of nights and it was like a little holiday and it's just a small 60 person room again um, is that is that the place that was on that film <coughs> the irish pub <coughs> do you know that. oh yeah <coughs> It was also part of a book about like 10 years ago about a guy who travelled around Ireland going to different bars called McCarthy's. Cormac McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy. Oh no, he wrote The Road. He wrote The Road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? 
something but McCarthy. There was, there was Mr. McCarthy. Club, there was a Dingle Pub in that movie, but it was a different pub. Oh, the okay. Was right. in that movie, actually, as well. Yeah, really yeah. Movie, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. You say that like you know somebody who didn't. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way one talks. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what you were saying about going off the beaten track. Like, having played in, in those in other venues in Ireland and off the kind of main route, there is th- those few experiences you have that are very difficult where the crowd just don't really want to hear your non-covers and did something that's a wagon wheel or whatever they want to hear that kind of thing you know like there is this weird thing that happens when you go off it and i wonder is the experience like bands going to the midlands or parts of the country that there isn't as many famous venues is there like this worry like what if it turns out to be like that gig remember that you know we all have that gig yeah had a few, yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose the thing there is, if you have it ticketed, then only the people who want to be there are the people that are there. So they won't be <coughs> expecting wagon wheel. If you just put a basic ticket price of even a fiver on it, then you know you're not gonna have to play Galway Girl two times in the set, like yeah. you know. Oh, shiver. <laughs> yeah. I think Galway Girl's a great song. Steve Earle's a great songwriter. <laughs> and I'll end there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but I guess it's very interesting because Ireland is actually, in many ways, two different two different countries, or even three. You've got like your Dublin, where you can put on your kind of weird techno, alternative punk bands or whatever. You can <laughs> they might work in Limerick, Galway, Cork, Belfast, but then you've got this whole other world that doesn't get seen into. Yeah. And I think it's funny enough, Collins, even though it's in the city, is is kind of a part of that other world. Do you know what I mean? I think like people, the, it's about the experience and people will, will come like, who you know, you've got big acts that have always played the festival and come every year and David Kitt I think did a tour like last month or two months ago yeah. where he played like 30 or 40 dates around Ireland and yeah. they were all really intimate gigs he played here yeah. in that setting. Well I suppose there's there's more of a, obviously the largest proportion of the music that's the industry and the media are obviously Dublin. Then there's a little bit of it in Galway and Limerick and uh, Cork. But like, there's more people in the other places as well, so sometimes you just have to go mm. there and play to them, do you know? Um, and if you do go to those other places, then there probably isn't like 20 gigs on that week that you're kind of competing against, so... Even that's kind of getting to be the case in Cork as well, I find, you know... There's loads there's, on. There's, well, there's loads on, but there's also like... Um, if you're doing a certain type of gig, you're not facing much competition either. For yeah, you yeah. know, whereas before it was, it anyway, you know, it, before it was very like, okay, well, we're doing that gig this week, and that's on the same night as the thing in there, so we have to be careful. And maybe we should do it another night. Whereas yeah, I just yeah. don't. Collins is very much like the folk place in Cork. Do you feel that? It's become that way, yeah. Well, I mean, was that the in, was that an intention of yours, or is that just your bookings? What you're into? It it's what we're into, and I suppose when the lobby closed down. That's like, that's what this place was kind of, I'd like to use the word modelled on, but mm-hmm. the idea was stolen from. <laughs> you know? But like the first PA here was actually bought from the lobby and we got Pat from the lobby to actually like cut the ribbon on the first show here as well, you know. So it was definitely a, because we grew up going to the lobby and we missed having a space like the lobby, you know, because you need to have smaller venues as well because people coming through have to play to a smaller crowd to be able to play to a bigger crowd. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully they'll come back and play the small room again, you know. Um, so it was just set up in recognition of that not being around. And I would have spent a lot of time in the lobby um, soaking it in as a young fellow, I suppose. So it just 
maybe that affected what music we like, you know, because it was what we were seeing. I don't know, it just became a bit like that. And then, you know, we get a lot of people, you know, trying to get in touch with us to have a show. But obviously because of the way that the room is as well, you have to consider what is going to work here, you know. Mm. Um, so you have to put in what's kind of suitable to the room as well. Are they the only kind of issues with, like obviously capacity is an issue with running a small venue, but is there stuff that comes up on a date on a yearly day-to-day booking basis that's like a, a big issue for running a small venue like this? What um, really bothers? No, really. I mean, like if there's an act that are coming through that suit a much bigger venue and so we'll sell obviously a lot more tickets and we do shows outside of here as well like we've done shows in the opera house in st luke's and over plunkett so we, c- we can put on shows you know if, if a band suits a different room we can put a show on there i think it's important to have the right band in the right room anyway because mm. they kind of you know they work together then you know um but we have that option as well just be able to be put on shows we have good relationships with other venues you know, which is great so we can approach them and say, "Can you know? We think this is going to work here. Can we put this on here?" And they're always up for it, so that works pretty well, you know. How how does that relationship come about? Um, like I kind of had thought that uh, in Cork there was kind of a little bit of a rivalry between the venues, you know, not n- yeah. not naming any or anything, but like you guys seem to be able to to work with um, everybody, you know, like you've. you've gone to the operas you've gone to um yeah. albert plunkett you know well i mean all of these and, and you're going there again they'd all be considered them all friends like and like let's say in st luke's joe and ed were putting that on um from the pav and ed's from great point promotions on the concert <coughs> so we would have done shows with them before when playing in a way as well so you kind of have a relationship already and i don't think it's i think it's better for cork if people work together you know um maybe it's changed over the last few years i think because after the pav closed everyone's a little bit like worried going you know what's going to happen now but people started pulling their socks up and just doing it themselves i know a couple of people who are doing that like you know <laughs> not pointing any fingers um and everyone's just working together in it and it creates a better it's like a, a rising tide kind of thing you know it creates a much better scene and it brings more people out to shows you know so i think it works better that way it's nothing better than like something going to make everyone kind of come together yeah you exactly. know even after the path closed and he hosted us here for that that party (laughs) which was just so it was like it was just lovely to have everyone who had worked in the pav together in one space yeah yeah someone commented on it the other day but uh yeah it's always always popping up in my head but yeah we um, had our well i just we had our um pav closing down party in collins they were very nice to us like a couple of days after it closed down give us loads of food and drink mostly drink (laughs) it was a tactical move has you've been drinking here since Well, I don't get to go anywhere else anymore. Anyway, you know, so bring the party, to you. Now you gotta bring the party here, you know. Uh, same as with the bands, I don't get to see many gigs anywhere else. So it's like, really want to see them? Let's book them. You know? <laughs> That's what we do as well, pretty much. Like yeah. we, we we haven't. I don't. I don't know. Have we seen many venues in Cork closed down? Keelan and Ashling. Like I mean, I know the Pav closed down, but like I mean, uh, I felt like ten venues closing yeah, down yeah. for me. Mm. Like I mean, central, yeah. Brian, I guess uh, like. You saw the lobby close down, and that would have yeah. been the big one for you. I mean, the, Sir Henry's closed down at around the same time, yeah, right? same around Mary's, 2000, 2003. The, Phoenix, the Wolfhound, these two gigs in the Gateway, the Quad, places, the Quad. Mm. Yeah. So is it kind of? I'm showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, you like, you're used to it. I mean, when they have closed down, you're just kind of like, you know, Cork will, you know, will find itself again. I think people had to obviously take a step back and questions like what are we going to do now 
and people have just kind of pulled together a bit and people are working together and it's actually ha- making more shows happen in lots of different areas you know like St. Luke's probably wouldn't have happened if the path hadn't closed down do you know what I mean um, so there's you know people have had to take stock of things and see question what they want to do and why they're doing it and then they just end up putting on more shows in a way you know just to see, see bands. And I think it, it aggravates the audience as well to actually go out and go to the things that are happening. So, yeah. Well, some people anyway seem to have like been like, okay, well, we need to go to the things when they're happening, even yeah. if we don't know what they are. Because they might not always be there. <clears throat> I don't know if you find this, but like I find with the, the gigs we put on that like even if people don't know what it is at this stage, it's kind of like a thing of... Um, trust. Trust, yeah. yeah you kind of go, really okay, this is really yeah. good, X and X is whatever, and... They'll they'll go and hopefully dance or enjoy. Are themselves. we booking X and X? I'm only <laughs> X X Y Y Y Y Y. You definitely have this because I uh, work here sometimes doing the door and yeah. I will notice the same twenty people coming to every gig and they yeah. they um, maybe it's habitual but it's also a trust thing. They go Collins have really great acts and we'd have we'd have quite a few regulars that like, which means that if you try and keep up say a standard you know I say standard but all just acts I like <laughs> then they'll trust you and you can put on an act like we let's say with David Corley here recently and I'd say it was totally sold out and there was only about four people in the room that had actually heard him before and everyone walked away wowed by that's him, what you, know? you want like, and that's yeah. what the artist wants as well they want to play to a room with people Absolutely, that don't yeah. know their stuff so that they can change Prunt their themselves. minds yeah, yeah exactly it's, I think that's why it's important to have a relationship with people come in like you know you work the door here sometimes and you've done it as well mm. but I work the door an awful lot myself just so that I am talking to everybody who's coming in out and you know they'll ask what's coming up and you know you have the posters there around you at the time and you can describe every act to them and try and persuade them you know <laughs> constant selling yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least you know just show them what's 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 coming in what's new like you, know? you definitely have like a slightly older crowd in Collins that's mainly yeah. because of the previous kind of clientele that would have been here how do you think do you think it's possible to get that kind of relationship going with a younger audience there's we'd have quite a few that are younger that come here very regularly as well. Um I think it just takes a little bit longer. When when you are younger, you want to go to many more places and see many more things and you're open to so much more anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be one part of their month or their week or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of the old people would come here and they mightn't go it might be their one night out a week kind of thing, whereas young people are out and you know, they might be out night clubbing and mm-hmm. might go into house parties or whatever, you know. So you just want to be give, showing them a good time so that they come back and keep checking it out. That's a really good answer. Is it? Yeah, that was a really good answer. <laughs> after, yeah. after, after rewind that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely idea just being a part of their week or their month, I think. You know? Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I think bar- what bars like to do is to have the same people coming back all the time and be the main part of their life. I mean, it's funny, like, uh, who told me that when they went to first year of college someone stood up at the front of the room and said you're all going to go to the wash that's the place that all the students go to yeah. and it was like i won't even get into <laughs> what the wash what's, is what's wrong with that <coughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know should we not be saying that doesn't really matter yeah but and it's really interesting that like a whole group you know obviously there must be something going on there where people are going like ah well give the student council some money or something like that you know Absolutely, but yeah. but at the same time it's like bars want to go like every year we're the ones that have that people and like the brogue also over years was that place yeah, first, first students first students come in and yeah. and they didn't want to hear 
Jay-Z I don't know I couldn't think of a <laughs> reference point but they wanted to hear I like rock I, th- I thought you were going to say JLS because I think that's a better uh, oh yeah 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 Wait, you're J- more likely JZ JZ yeah he's he's married to Destiny I don't know <laughs> but um, it's really interesting because people want that and there's no acceptance that maybe you're not everything to one group of students and that kind of I always you thought was a bit a few things to a few people yeah I always thought that was a bit detrimental on, you can't rely on one group I think as yeah. well because like what happens if like one of them gets the flu and then they all get the flu and then that's your whole <laughs> that's your whole bar no and I'm only saying that because I've had the flu for the last few days and it's all that's on my mind but, but what, what I like mean is that it seems like stagnant for, the si- for a city to have only a couple of places and all of those places cater to a certain type of audience and what but you're saying is much better yeah, for a whole abroad, city because even like this would have been and still is like there's a lot of let's say older people that drink here regularly you know and they play the old card games like dawn and stuff and it kind of got a bit mixed up when we were putting on gigs in here and we're kind of like trying to take care of them to make sure that we didn't disturb them and stuff you know but then they start coming into the gigs and they're dancing with the young folk like you know <laughs> and it's just all mixing together you know and Kind of the older people are keeping the young people in line. Sometimes young people are having to keep the older people in line, you know. <laughs> and More often than not. After all, getting a kick out of it, do mm. you know. Like you'll have some fellas in their seventies there dancing to the silent disco on Saturday. So, you know? I can't wait Jiving, to see that. As they call it. <laughs> so, Jiving as it used to be known. <laughs> so, so was Collins always a venue, or sorry, was it always a pub? It's pub since the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Oh wow, really? Um, it's a family name as such, like. Um, and there used to be used to be a doctor's place as well, just some of the old stuff in the bar. Um, and it was just handed down through generations and generations kind of thing. And uh, I suppose when we when I started doing shows in here, it was definitely an, an older kind of clientele, like you know. But they're all still here, um, which is good. And they they actually come into like they've been at the rock and roll shows on a Saturday night and they'd be jumping around, like you know. It's kind of cool to see. They're it. the ones up the front that you're kind of like trying to like Often look over so, to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, you know. <laughs> and and does it have a history of music as well? Not that I know of. No, no, no. Um, there probably would have been trad sessions and stuff in here. Yeah. Like, there would have been many of these kind of bars at the time, but not in like ticketed shows that kind of way. Yeah. So like, were you? I mean, worried when when you did decide like let's put on music that there wasn't a kind of a history here where you always kind of like this will work you know we just have to give it time i mean were you always no. positive about it you didn't like come close to saying no what much, are we doing there wasn't that much thought put into it really <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a case of it wasn't even like let's give it time and try and make it work it was just like i suppose like myself and adele because adele was piano player as well so we had done lots of shows in lots of different places and as well as kind of do, touring doing original music we'd play lots of cover gigs at night time and you'd often arrive at a bar and they'd say oh look set up in the corner there and they might have like the golf on the tv over above you and they might have the hurling on another tv and we just get kind of annoyed in the end going like why are you booking music if people want to watch the sport and you're trying to please everybody but you're pleasing nobody you know so when the chance had when the chance came to put on a couple of gigs in here it was like right it's just about the music um there's gonna be no distractions from it like you know we close the bar for ticketed gigs you can't buy a drink in here you have to go around the back oh okay because the bar makes noise, like, you know, so it's all attention on the show. So it was just trying to create something that you wanted to see. And then it was just a case of putting on acts that we wanted to see. There was no, there still is no grand plan. No. <laughs> There's no plan at all, really. Because it's, it's because it's all grand, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. The <laughs> plan is grand. Just, just get up and do it again, like, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so getting back to the festival this weekend, I guess, I mean, what are you excited to see yourself, or what are you excited <laughs> to play in? Like, Jam Bl- yeah. you play with Jam Black? We're, we're doing and two shows, yeah, um, tonight actually, 
or am I supposed to pretend this is a different day? Cause we're recording? If you're listening to the it's podcast on a Thursday, the yeah. show was tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's my They're NPR voice. Though, so. There's about 10 tickets left for tonight. Oh, okay. um, there's no tickets left for tomorrow, Friday night. Go on the um, dance. So we're playing, we're playing two shows, and we have Inny K playing the first show with us, and we have Jack Rourke playing the second show with us. Um, so that's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, you know it's an album launch as well, so it's kind of a bit of a celebration. We'll have to relax on the celebrations tonight and save them mostly for tomorrow night. <laughs> I'd say. Um, but like, let's say Saturday, Mark Riley's here with the band, and he's played here a few times, and that's pretty much always very special. He's kind of a, he's kind of a a cool musician in that like I don't really hear about him in many places, like you know online or like in hot press maybe I don't know. Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, like he. He sells out so many places. Like I saw him. I did. I don't know if it was Collins who put him on in the Oliver Plunkett a couple of well, months yeah, ago, down. playing yeah. with the hard ground. Hard and ground, he, yeah. he's absolutely brilliant. Double. He's great, isn't he? He's great. Yeah, he's an absolutely phenomenal he, live performer. He tours a lot. Like um, tours a lot through the UK and a lot through Germany. And he just signed a a deal with a management company in the states, Red Light Management, I think. So my dad and they take care of like Alabama shakes and stuff. So. That stuff's going right. to take off from him. He's a big publishing deal as well. So he's put a lot of hard work in for years. I actually met him in Germany at a show. It was the first time I'd seen him play. And we just kind of opened here and was like, dude, you got to come play in Cork, you know? So even though you wouldn't be hearing much about him in Ireland, he's always gigging and gigging heavily, like, you know? Are you, are you slightly worried about trying to fit the West Cork Ukulele Orchestra on stage on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, all, they're all pretty fit, trim people, though. <laughs> and ukuleles aren't a big instrument anyway, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> They it'll always be, just seem to be a massive line across stages, you know. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. fill a stage pretty easily, but we, yeah. you know, you'd be surprised the size of acts. I think we've fitted eight, nine-piece acts in here with brass okay. sections and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, the Book of Brass Band does it, or the Book of Brass Band played here as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Those are there, they're eight-piece. Um, that was pretty sweaty, actually. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hot and really sweaty, and like brass instruments go out of tune if the heat is yeah, really yeah. bad, like you know. But, but when really when fun. the party is happening and the out of tune doesn't really it gets a vibe. It was a really good party, yeah. <laughs> They're back playing the opera house, I'll give that a plug, uh, on Jazz Weekend. So we're putting That'd that be on. a great That'd show. Be a good party, yeah. It'd be great fun. It's a late gig too, so things will be kicking off, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> be a good crack. Who else do we have then? Um Duke Special's back on Sunday, he's played here a couple of times and he's a really great live performer. His stories are brilliant as well, you know. And he always gets everyone really into it. So that's pretty cool. Um, geez, well, sir, Lost Brothers are doing a Sunday afternoon gig, so that'll be nice. Nice chilled out, wait to ease yourself back in after Saturday night kind of thing. Um, and then Sunday, there's, or Monday, there's a big party with the Nile McKay band, who are kind of a resident band here. They play every Sunday. And they're going to be playing with Soul Driven, because a lot of members are kind of crossing over. So that's going to be like a big blowout for everyone who's worked at it and played at the festival. <laughs> yeah, it's party night. There's um, another, Dylan Ho, or how is it? Yeah, he's, he's supporting Duke Special. Okay, he was. I saw him supporting the Hard Grounds that you put on in... He supported Jack Rourke. Jack Rourke and Albert Plunkett. He's really, really good, right. really talented. We were talking about him last night. Was it last night, two nights ago? Two nights ago. You were saying this piano playing reminds you of Waits, was it? Tom Waits, very Tom Waits, but like not, his singing style isn't, which is no, like refreshing yeah. because a lot of acts that are doing the Tom Waits thing are like... But once you hear Tom Waits, reader. you want to be Tom Waits, that's the thing. Yeah, right? uh, Tom Waits is trying really hard to be Tom Waits. Um, but what's great about... If you look at, there's one Collins live poster on one side of the room and another on the opposite side where we're sitting. And a lot of the acts that are lower on the bill are like higher up on the next year, you know. Yeah. And then again, it's kind of similar this year. So like, it, it, well, the question I'm eventually going to get to is... <laughs> <coughs> Take your time. Do you see, 
what you do is kind of important. I do anyway. See what you do is important for Irish acts. I think smaller venues have a role and a responsibility. Uh, I mean, it's down to your own taste at the end of the day, but to kind of like try and turn the public, let's say, onto, let's say, newer acts, you know? Um, literally every year, yeah, whoever's on the bill, their name goes up and up. And like, it's really important. Let's say whoever's opening the show is as important as his headlining show to me. Cause like, if the headliner is able to sell out the place, then that exposure for the, the lesser yeah. known act is really important. And I would hope that like anyone who's doing, mind you, a lot of people are opening shows this year, they can sell out their own shows anyway. But like that people would have the opportunity to see them and they can have the opportunity to kind of show them their work and they'll be able to sell out their own shows pretty soon. I mean, pretty much all the acts who are opening shows have their own headline show booked in for later in the year anyway. So it's kind of a case of trying to get them that exposure and then let them try their own show. Yeah, then, you know? it's kind of funny because booking bands has become like a strategy thing over, you know, we'll get you in October, December, yeah. you, we can charge in in March. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. definitely something you do here and it really has worked over the last couple of years. Well, you want to be building people up, like, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I think I think every venue kind of has responsibility of doing that or should have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one gig isn't just the one night. You should be trying to get people the exposure that you can. Mm-hmm. Even get their name out in the press and stuff, you know, and just push it as hard as you can for them and it's back to that thing about the tide rising you know mm-hmm. and as well if you if you love an act enough then it's like it's a very easy thing to just go around to all everyone you know not even just friends but press as well and tell yeah. them how much you love them and yeah. how and how important it is for them to come to shows you and don't stuff even like realize that. yourself doing it you're no. just saying to people that you they really have to go check them out you know yeah and pretty much every act we have here at any time throughout the year are all acts i want to see because you know the size of the place we pay the artists 100% of the money anyway, so it's not like we bring somebody in because they'll sell well and we make a couple of quid off it. Yeah. So it's just, it's only put on gigs that you want to see, do you yeah. know? Um, I was talking to Ray from the bars a couple of uh, weeks ago and he was talking about how the guitar festival down in Clonakilty is, uh, you know, kind of following a great lineage of festivals in Clon. You know, he mentioned about 200, I think, on the podcast and then 100 afterwards as well. I mean, do you hope that the that Collins Live Festival kind of continues on and kind of follows in, you know, the huge amount of festivals that are in Cork City. I mean, like last weekend we had Sounds from a Safe Harbour. Yeah. Like in next month we have the Jazz Festival. I mean, do you Folk think that festival is just about to kick off as well next week? This next weekend, yeah. yeah. I mean, is is it about kind of fitting in to to those ones or kind of doing something different, or do or do you even think about that? I don't even really think about it. It's just kind of, I suppose it's. To us, it's kind of a celebration of the year. Um, and we kind of picked this time because Electric Picnic was over. We originally picked last week in September because Electric Picnic was over. And there wasn't, at that time, there wasn't a whole lot going on in September within Cork. You know, it's kind of a bit quiet after Electric mm-hmm. Picnic, after festival season, let's say. Um, but it's just kind of a celebration. And, you know, there's no real great thought to it as such. You know, there's, there's a lot of thought in putting it together. But then it's just trying to have everyone have a good time, you know. I mean, it would be great in a few years, you know, if you're able to, because this is obviously just, you're never going to change the size of the room, but if you could have multiple events happening in different places, that'd be really cool. If you could have a trail and stuff, you know, um, that'd be a great thing to see, because you could just put on more bands in that respect. So that'd be fun, but at the moment, just take it, take it every year as it comes, you know. 
So, so you are planning ahead. No, no, we'd always have thoughts. That's planning ahead. Damn. We'll see. Exclusive here on the point of everything. Yeah. Hassi is planning ahead. Uh, thank you very much to Brian Hassett for sitting down and talking to us about Collins Live Festival happening this weekend. If you want to buy tickets for any of the events, they're at collins.ie um, or you can get some tickets in the bar, I believe. Um, enjoy listening to... No, wait, we're done already. <laughs> P.O.E. for life.